Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. We go to the Celebrity Line. Mike Claiborne joins us from Claibs Online. He is in San Francisco with the Cardinals. He's been on the whole trip. Michael, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Doing well. It's it's early out here, but, you know, it's all good. I'm just waiting on it to warm up a little bit. Uh, Seattle was brutal as far as the weather was concerned. And San Francisco, you know, it, it makes no difference what the, the calendar says. It's always <laughs> cold and windy here. Yeah. I, the old line was, I, I spent a winter one day in, in during a summer in San Francisco. Uh, There's no doubt. Klaibs, you got to tell us a story about getting the pepper grinder for Newt Bar. All right. So we... So um, the radio and TV guys, we all went to dinner, a place called Salty's. And John Rooney, we knew it well, so we decided to go with him. So we're sitting there, and they come out, would you like some ground pepper? So so, John said, yeah, sure. This guy pulls out a a grinder about the size of a fungal baseball bat. I'd never seen one. And John and I just looked at each other and said, we got to get one of these. And so uh, we went to the manager, and the manager's like, you, you're kidding. You really want to buy one of these? Yeah, sure. So we bought it. Uh, all of us autographed it and presented it to Newt, and uh, he got a big kick out of it because I said, now, now, how are you going to get that on the plane? <laughs> and this time I, that I don't know how it got to, it got to San, uh, San Francisco, but I saw it the other, yesterday. But, uh, you know, he had a good time. with It was a fun trip for him. He had a chance to meet Ichiro on the same day. So uh, that's that's how I got started. Uh, I think we're going to have to use it as a as a as a new bat here at some point because we didn't have much going last night. But yeah, it was a fun time. We're just trying to keep it loose. Well, and that that kind of plays into what I was going to ask you. It seems like, especially if you look at last night's game, that the guys are kind of lacking some discipline at the plate. You would like to see them be a little bit more aggressive at times. And we know that this offense is really good. We know how talented this lineup is. But to be shut out in that way last night was really, really disappointing. What can you say about this offense? And what do you feel like is the identity of this group right now? Because it seems like they're even struggling to find an identity for this offense and group. Yeah, you're right, Brooke. Uh, I think... Two things. One, when Arnado and Goldschmidt aren't hitting, we're a whole different ball club. That's the first thing. Secondly, last night, um, their pitcher, he was throwing that split-finger fastball, and, you know, we just kept hitting it into the ground. And, you know, it's it's a tempting pitch. If you don't swing at it, it's probably not a strike in most cases. But it's so tempting, you, you try to swing at it, and all you do is just hit it in the ground. and you know, he had our number last night. And some nights you just have to tip your cap to the other guy because, you know, they pay him a lot of money to do his job also, and he did it last night. Clay, what, what do you think the best outfield lineup for this team is right now? Is it is it Walker, Newt, and and whoever else? Or is it – do you see any, any other uh, three that could be out there that is going to give the Cardinals the best opportunity both in the field and at the plate? Well, see, that that's the trick there. You know, what's your best defensive outfield opposed to your best offensive line, uh, outfield? Um, I like Walker, Carlson, and Newt Barr. Um, I, I like that lineup a little bit more. Uh, O'Neal, you know, I know he's going to go glove. and he, He's a good player, don't get me wrong. But, you know, that's the lineup I would try and start with because I think I'm a little bit – I'm covered a little bit better defensively, and I think offensively, 
I, I may not have as many strikeouts in that order. Now, granted, having said that, you know, Walker's fighting it a little bit, and and I, I think we expected him to because, you know, spring training is one thing. You know, regular season, when they have a chance to game plan for you, uh, it's a different ballgame. So how do you adjust it with that? That's what he's going through now, making those adjustments and, and kind of anticipating what they're doing and how do you counter it. Hey, Klaibs, uh, the Cardinals have gone down the line with Carlson. You mentioned him and that you'd like to see him uh, because of his defensive abilities, I'm sure, first and foremost. But I- I- as you watch him, we always talk about switch hitters who can't hit from one side or the other. He yeah. really struggles left-handed. I-, I wonder if it might benefit him to just abandon switch hitting for a while. Well, you know, that's been discussed before. Um it's something that you have to take a long, hard look at. And the reason why, if you say, all right, give up swinging from the left side. So now he's got to be able to be able to recognize pitches from the right side that he normally wouldn't see because he was always a left-handed hitter. So my point being, he's going to have to deal with how right-handed pitchers come after him. And, you know, maybe they throw him sliders away or maybe they throw him cutters down and in. That that's a process that you have to take into account because it's going to come out of hand from a different direction, a different angle, and some guys can make that adjustment, some guys can't. I don't think it's as easy as people may think it is. Um, the other night, Tommy Edmond swore he faced a right-handed hitter, right-handed pitcher from the right side, and and you know he did it before, and I think you can get away with it with some pitchers, but I think overall to to give that up, I guess if it's me. And if I'm going to play every day, if I give up swinging from the left side, guess what? All of a sudden, I'm a brand-new right-handed hitter. Kirk, uh, Claves, you might be the only other person that remembers this. Do you remember Lou Brock hitting right-handed one day in Cincinnati? When yeah, we, it was, I do. One, one at-bat in his career, he batted right-handed. He, he, was, he had been struggling a little bit, and he just wanted to try just to see what it was like. And, you know, Lou was an incredible athlete. That, that's something that we kind of overlook. I mean, he was built like a battleship. Uh, you know, we always always know him as far as his base dealing ability. But you know, he was a strong guy. He was very versatile, um, and he did it the one time I remember it. And uh, why he didn't go back to it, I don't know. But you know what? He had three thousand hits from the other side, so maybe that's <laughs> reason why. Yeah, right. Do you think that Paul DeYoung will be able to? continue to sustain the success? Because, you know, we talked about yesterday, it seems like he always gets off to a good start and then we kind of see him bottom out. How do you see his role shaping out with the Cardinals moving forward? Boy, you know, it, with with I think it's a different setup this, this time around. Reason being, um, you've got a different hitting coach in turn award and you have a guy who helped fix him in the minors in Brandon Allen, who's the assistant hitting coach. I think maybe they'll go at it differently than what Paul DeYoung experienced in, in previous encounters. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. But here, here's the problem that all these guys have, whether you're in the outfield or in the infield. you got to play. I don't think these guys are at a stage in their careers where they can take three days off and, and then try and jump back in. These, these guys are creatures of habit. And the way they're going to be productive is they have to play. And obviously there aren't enough spots, you know, in the lineup for them. So it, it's a real dilemma for them to be prepared and for Ali to be able to push the right button and get the matchup he's looking for to make sure that these guys are uh, as successful as they can be. Clay, this team hasn't won a game to open a series yet this season. Are they having fun? They, they, they want to, but they know there's some work at hand. And, you know, Kerry, it's one of those things where, like last night, 
you have one of those here we go again moments, you know, with the error. And then all of a sudden you say, okay, here we go. And those are the things that kind of, you know, throw water on your campfire. Uh, but, you know, Ali said the other day, he said he, he's not worried about it. Uh, but at some point you have to think about it more because, you know, if you don't win the first game of a series, it's kind of hard to sweep anybody. <laughs> and, you know, when you sweep yeah. people, you, you know, that's how you start streaks, winning streaks. We, we figured and, that out earlier. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, you know, I kind of figured that out, I think, what, third grade? I think, you know, math told me that, you know, if you don't win the first one. So anyway, I think, you know, you're trying to put that in the rearview mirror, and I think what they're trying to do is eliminate the negative noise that that's being conducted at this point. But, you know, you can't overlook it. I mean, it is what it is. And, you know, you go through the process and say, all right, what are we doing in games two and three that we're not doing in game one? Well, it's nothing. You know, I just think right now the team is like out of sync you know, where one day you have good pitching, another day your defense saves you, another day your offense really comes through when the pitching isn't there. And they haven't been able to put all those things together with any consistency yet. Uh, and when they do, it's going to be a different-looking ball club. But I'm going to go back to my original point. We're a different-looking team when Goldschmidt and Arnato aren't, uh, you know, swinging the bat like we've seen them do over the last few years. The reason I asked about if they're having fun, because what you just mentioned, when you boot a ball and, and the mindset is, oh, here we go again. When you're having fun, when you're winning games and you boot a ball, you say, oh, okay, we'll get them out. It's a different mindset yeah. when you're having fun and winning games and losing can become contagious and you start to feel like, oh, no, here we go again. It's going to happen again. And it happens again and you continue to lose. So, having fun and having a change of mindset could definitely get this ball club to start winning some games. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, and I asked Lars Newbar that question on Sunday uh, after the game. You know, when um, Flaherty had the one inning where he battled and I tipped my cap to him, he and Montgomery had two innings where you thought the world was going to fall mm-hmm. in on them. And then all of a sudden, here they are in the sixth inning still dealing. Uh, and it said a lot about those two guys. But Lars was like adamant about it. no, I wasn't worried about it because you know we had we had a tough guy on the mound. He pitched through trouble, and you know all was forgotten after that. And, and I think now um, you want to have fun, but you know when you have that error, you you there was a time you say, all right, man, don't worry about it. We'll dial up a double play ball. We'll get we'll get out of this thing. Well, that wasn't the case. And, you know, I'm not saying the error was the sole reason why he lost. You know, it's kind of hard to beat anybody when you don't score. But when it's all said and done, you, you look at those little things and then they start to add up and then you just say, oh, boy. And so, but the thing is, the best thing about baseball is you got a game the next day and you can go out and fix it. You don't have to sit and wait for a whole week or, you know, three nights from now. You're going to play tomorrow. And so you come out and you come out with the right approach. And who knows what happens? Claves, a couple more things. Let's do this first. Uh, what do you got on ClavesOnline.com right now? Well, we're going to have uh, the commission has a column up on, on Claves Online. Also, we're going to do our lunch show today with Joe Roderick and myself, Ryan Rocky, we're talking NBA. Dr. Rick Lehman's got a podcast coming out a little later in the week. And um, those are the things that we have going on as we speak. But as you know, you just never know what you're going to see and read on ClavesOnline.com. And finally, you've been around the, the ball club for a long time. Has there been a more fun guy than tonight's giant starter, John Brebbia? Yeah, he's one of my favorites. Um, I remember we were in Denver, and for some reason, you know, he he, he travels with an umbrella. 
<laughs> yes. Everywhere he goes, he used to carry an umbrella. And he was just such a delightful guy. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, he is one of the fun guys, a very likable guy. Uh, and he'll start tonight. He'll be an opener for them. You know, San Francisco's a little thin on starting pitching right now. And uh, so he'll start the game. And this Gabe Kapler is one of those guys. He tries to play all 26 guys in one game every night. So but don't be surprised to see that lineup flipped around a little bit after the first inning. Klaibs, always great to have you with us. Have a great day in the city by the bay, and we'll talk to you soon. Try and stay warm is what I'm going to try and do. <laughs> right. Take care, man. All right, you guys take care. That's a great Clay. Mike Claiborne with us on 101 ESPN. Yeah.